This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. It's the preview show. It's the No Name Ever podcast. Hello and welcome to the preview show brought to you by the Known and Never podcast. I'm your host Natalie Bromley but joining me this week is the headliner, the main man, the star of the preview show, that is Dave Statman-Roberts. Dave, hello, how are you? Hello Natalie, yes we're ready for uh, more football after the international break. I know, we were saying before we came on air, it's been uh, it's been a while since we spoke, I've missed you Dave, what have you been up to in the international break? Locked down like everyone else, not not a lot yeah. to do. But uh, yeah, it's uh, it's it's good to be back and get some football and hopefully try and get uh, some points on the board. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's uh, it's an interesting one, really. Have you in the break? Have you had a chance to reflect on the start of the season with all of the you know the hype and the the nonsense all calmed down a little bit? Are you feeling any better at all with everything that's going on? Um, in terms of Burnley's season to date, yes, yeah. Um, I'll be happy when we've got a win on the board. I think there's, uh, it, it is a worrying start to the season. It is you know, just a start and there's, there's a long way to go yet, but we need to dig ourselves out of it. And what better way to do that than try and get a win on, uh, on Monday evening? Yeah, indeed. Um, well, obviously, we, we've got a, a preview show to record and we're going to have a look at that next opposition of ours, see whether or not we do stand any chance of getting those points on the board. Um, but before we jump into that we've got some homework that we um set our listeners last week with a quiz question now last episode which was the preview of the away game at brighton we asked you who was the first player to score for burnley at brighton hove albion's current stadium dave what was the correct answer uh, the correct answer was Kieran Trippier. He scored hey. in a 1-0 away win there against, actually playing against nine men. They had uh, two men sent off early in the game. One of those was uh, Ashley Barnes. Um, that was in December 2011. And uh, Dean Marnie uh, assisted. He played a little ball back to uh, Kieran Trippier, controlled it, and he fired it in, uh, gave the keeper no chance, and that was a 1-0 win for Burnley. Excellent. Dean Marnie, I love him. I miss him. What we wouldn't give to have Dean Marnie in the centre of midfield these days would be amazing. Um, what correct answers did we get, Dave? Uh, 
Uh, we had a few. Uh, David Entwistle was in touch with the correct answer. He knew it was uh, Kieran Trippier, as did John Robertson, although John Robertson always knows the correct answer, doesn't he? Um, and maybe, maybe he does. Maybe he does. Um, and we also had Joe Pattison. He also knew oh. uh, Kieran Trippier. Excellent. That's a relatively new entry, I think, is Joe Pattison, isn't he? I'm not sure we've, we've had him answer one before. Don't no. remember the name coming no. through, but he uh, replied on Twitter he knew the uh, the correct answer. Excellent. Well done, Joe Pattison, knocking that John Robertson off his perch. Bless him. Uh, well, of course, we're going to have another quiz question for you at the end of the show, so do stay tuned when Dave will pick your brains about something related to this show and our opposition. Opposition Stats! So let's move straight into it, Dave, and let's have a look at that um, preview for this this weekend's game, which is, of course, another Monday night game, and it is Crystal Palace at home. 5.30pm kickoff, live on Sky Sports. Definitely Why- at home. Definitely at home, yes. We've had we've had a little bit of history in the past few um, preview shows, which we are categorically blaming on lockdown and everything that's going on in the world and the fact that we don't even know what day it is, never mind whether we're playing or whether we're home or away. It is more um, difficult, though, isn't it, when when, when you're actually is. going to the games to, to, to know whether you are home or away. I will, in my defence, say, even though I put it wrong on the uh, top, all the details were for the correct uh, location for the game. So. <laughs> That's true. We did we did have a little bit of a nightmare before we started today because we were like, oh God, can you imagine if we got completely confused and started like previewing Crystal Palace away and all of our stats were wrong? And listeners, Dave, Statman Dave even suggested that he might have winged it. It's like, no, you wouldn't. You absolutely wouldn't. We'd have delayed recording the podcast. There's no way you'd have winged that, Dave. You definitely wouldn't. Um, so let's dive straight in there. Why don't you tell us about the recent history, which, again, includes last season's meeting? Uh, yeah, the two teams have met at Turf Moor eight times since 2009-10. This season, we are concentrating on the recent games. Uh, three of those meetings were in the Championship. We've also played each other at Turf Moor in the Premier League in each of the last five seasons because Crystal Palace have been in uh, in the league with us for all those five uh, seasons as well. Um, although we've won four and drawn one of those uh, last eight meetings at our happy place, uh, there have also been three losses, including back-to-back defeats in each of the last two seasons. Um, it's almost a year since Palace were the visitors at the end of November 2019 and they came away with a 2-0 win with goals from Wilfred Zahar and Jeff Schlupp. Do you know, I did wonder, Dave, how long into this week's preview show you would be before you got Happy Players mentioned in there, and you just do not disappoint. In the first section, bravo. Um, how are you feeling about Jordan North's performance in the jungle and, and, you know, and basically catapulting Burnley Football Club into just everybody's for- forefront of everybody's minds? Uh, well, I think it's to be expected, really. I think it's uh, it must be a Burnley thing because I think um, <laughs> Alistair Campbell, who uh, linking into our, our guest uh, from the main podcast earlier in the week, the special podcast that uh, that that came out, um, he's very much of a mind that whenever he's on in the media, he always gets a mention of Burnley in somewhere. So I think it must yeah. be a, a Burnley thing. I just do it in general chat, and you know, I'm not, I'm not lucky enough to be uh, in the media. I like Alistair Campbell and Jordan North, so I just anybody who's like, if somebody's like on the bus or walking past me, I'll just make them talk about Burnley because you've got to do it. Um, so we're just going to have a quick pause there, listeners. Um, obviously, we've just mentioned two names there. If you have been watching, uh, it's not the Jungle, it's the Castle. But if you're watching, I'm a celebrity, and uh, you are very much enjoying Jordan North's performance. Do check out his interview with us. I think it was about three weeks ago. Now it was the last international break. Um, he sat down with us an hour. Um, and it's just a fantastic podcast and just thoroughly enjoyable. And I can confirm that he is 
just as lovely, lovely, lovely a blog as he comes across. Um, so do check that out because it's uh, it's very, very good. Um, anyway, but we've got a preview show. We, di- we digress, Dave. What about... Oh, I've lost my place in my script. We've done recent history and last season's meeting. So we're on Burnley's last win, including the last top flight win. Yes, we've got to go back uh, to the 2017-18 season for our last win, last home win over Crystal Palace, which is also our last top flight home win as well. Uh, that game took place in September of 2017. and Burnley were 1-0 winners. Uh, if you remember in that game, that was a, an early Chris Wood goal. Uh, he intercepted uh, Chung Yong Lee's back pass from halfway and calmly curled the ball in past an advancing Wayne Hennessy. He'd kind of come to the edge of his box, realised he couldn't handle it, and Chris Wood just curled the ball around him when we scored in the third minute, and it stayed 1-0. We won the game 1-0. Uh, Palace, if you remember, had a dreadful start of that season. Uh, manager Frank de Boer was relieved of his duties following this defeat for Palace, uh, and Roy Hodgson was appointed in his place. And it's fair to say that he did turn their season around after a, a really disappointing start. Uh, and he's been Palace manager ever since. Excellent. Highlights and lowlights. Uh, so what about the highlights then, Dave? What's what, what have you picked for our highlights? Uh, well, for the highlight, I've selected a match at our happy place, Turf Moor, between Burnley and <laughs> Crystal Palace, uh, which took place in November 2016. And it was a, a, a happy place that day. And we appeared to be coasting uh, after goals in the first 15 minutes from Sam Vokes and Johan Berg-Gudmundsen. Uh, they'd given us a 2-0 lead. Sam Vokes, yeah. I know. I do love it when you mention Sam. <laughs> it doesn't happen very often because it's we, we're moving further away, but I do like it. I, I'm keeping the, the memory of Sam Vokes firmly alive during the, the Non and Never podcast. I like to throw it in every now and again and get the reaction. Uh, and I love you for it, Dave. <laughs> um, so, yeah, we were 2-0 up, but second half goals from Connor Wickham and a penalty from Christian Benteke uh, brought the visitors level. Uh, but Burnley weren't finished. And in a break-up field, Dean Marnie, again, that's second mention for him today, uh-huh. uh, he found Ashley Barnes, who played the ball out wide to Johan Berg-Gudmundsen and his return ball into the centre was fired in by Ashley Barnes for a last-minute winner. He'd come on as a substitute and he'd scored the winning goal. Um, If you do get a chance, dig out this goal on YouTube and watch it again for a reminder of the excitement at Turf Moor that builds during the move and ends with a total joy when the ball hits the back of the net. It's something we've been missing at the moment uh, while match have been behind closed doors and we're really hoping it's something we can all experience again sometime soon. Amen to that. Um, well, let's let's delve into the, the not-as-exciting side of it. What have you picked as our low light, Dave? Um, I've gone a little bit further back in time for this one, for the low light, and gone back to a match which took place in August 2003. I was thinking back, I remember this game, it was really, 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 really hot. A very hot day at the start of the season. Um, Despite conceding an early goal, uh, Dougie Friedman uh, bagged a six-minute penalty for Palace. Uh, Burnley were back in front after 20 minutes. Uh, That was thanks to a Robbie Blake free kick. Another goal from Lee Roach. Uh, and At this stage, Palace had already been reduced to 10 men. That was after the dismissal of Wayne Routledge. Uh, but despite being a man short, our visitors scored twice more through Dougie Friedman, who scored again in the 32nd and the 67th minute to complete his hat-trick. Um, added to that, Palace then had Sean Derry sent off shortly afterwards, uh, after taking the lead, um, to leave them playing with just nine men for the last 20 minutes or so. So despite playing for, uh, well, despite us playing against 10 men for most of the game and nine men for the latter stages, we still couldn't get back into the game and ended up losing 3-2. So I think you'll agree that's ample reason for this game to be selected as our low light uh, from the past home games we've played against Crystal Palace. 
Absolutely, could not agree more. Heroes and villains. So, Len, let's uh, see who you selected for the next section of the preview show. Who is our hero? Uh, well, we're going to return temporarily to that 3-2 win in November 2016, which was our highlight for this week, to pick this week's hero. Or should I say, heroes. We've gone for joint heroes this week. Um, although Ashley Barnes came off the bench and scored the winning goal, that's probably worthy of hero status in his own right for that goal alone. Um I've picked someone else to go with him, and that's uh, Johan Berggudmundsson. Uh, he scored one goal in that game, and he also provided assists for the other two. Uh, so for those reasons, we've decided to make it a tie and confer hero status on both players. And we are hoping they can both recapture some of that form on Monday evening to help us to our first league win of this season, and also the first league at Turf, first league win at Turf Moor this season. Excellent. And who is our villain? Now, I've got a funny feeling I may object to this entry. It's too late. I've done it now. Unless you're going to cut me off. Go on. I might have to do. Listeners, you're going to be appalled (laughs) at this. Just listen as to who Dave has picked as our villain. Uh, Well, we, or rather I, have gone for something of a controversial choice for this week's villain. So you can all blame me for the selection of the current Crystal Palace manager, Roy Hodgson. No, uh, no, yes. you can't come after Bambi. It's not let, allowed. Let me explain myself. Okay, go um, ahead. Aside from the fact that he was once the manager of our former rivals just down the M65 back in the 1990s, uh, he's been in charge of Crystal Palace for both of their victories at Turf Moor in the last two seasons. Uh, so, from my perspective, those are reasons enough for him to be our villain of the week. Yes, I know he's a respected manager throughout Europe and has been for many decades, and also has a general reputation for being a really nice bloke. But he also has his moments when the mask has slipped. Listeners may recall seeing his expletive-ridden post-match interview with Ivan Gaskell of the BBC when he was West Brom boss, in which he took offence at being asked which decision from the game he was questioning. So, yes, I've gone for Roy Hodgson as our villain. Well... I may have to ask Matt to edit this whole section out because I've let you explain and I'm not sure I agree with you. So let's let's move on. I'm going to have to stop. I'm going to have to go out there and defend you from all of our listeners who are going to be coming at you with their uh, with their abuse. It's the one to watch. We're going to move straight on from one controversial opinion to another one and the section that I absolutely hate because you've scuppered us all season with this. Go on, who's going to score a hat-trick against us? Who's our one to watch? Uh, Well, yeah, for this season, for our preview shows, we've highlighted one opposition player to watch out for during our next match. And uh, for this week, we've selected um, Eberechi Eze, who was signed by Palace from QPR in August on a five-year deal for a fee believed to be around £17 million. Uh, He was born in London to Nigerian parents, and although he was eligible to represent Nigeria or England, he's already been called up and played for England at under-20 and under-21 level. Um, Eze tends to play as an attacking midfielder, although he can also play as a striker, and with Palace using mostly a 4-4-2 formation this season, despite being right-footed, he's been used predominantly on the left side of midfield. Uh, He likes to dribble with the ball and is strong on set pieces, although he's not as good in the air and he's not known for being a strong tackler. He was withdrawn from the England under-21 squad this week, so he's not 100% certain to start, uh, which, based on some of our selections so far this season, might not be a bad thing. 
Um, he's been used quite a few times from the bench already this campaign, although he did play the full 90 minutes in Palace's last Premier League match against Leeds United. Uh, so regardless of whether he starts or comes on as an impact sub, Eze looks like one to watch for Monday evening. I'm sure he will be, and I'm pretty sure that he will be have an absolute storming game. Um, so let's let's move on. Thank you, Dave. Um, who is going to be overseeing proceedings then? Who is our man in the middle and our referee? Uh, it's our friend again, Kevin Friend from Leicester. Oh. He'll have the he'll have the whistle for Monday evening's match against Crystal Palace. Um, of twenty four previous matches of his involving Burnley, thirteen have been in the Premier League, and our record in those games is one four, drawn three, and lost six. Uh, he took charge of four of our Premier League games last season. Uh, those were the home win over West Ham, away defeats at both Spurs and Chelsea, and finally the away win at Norwich in which he reduced our opponents to nine men in the first half, if you recall. I do. Um, they are the only two red cards he's shown in any of his previous Premier League games involving Burnley, but there have been some notable dismissals in championship matches. Uh, yeah. Kevin Friend sent off Billy Jones of Preston in a match at Turf Moor in September 2010, in which Burnley scored three goals in the last 10 minutes to come from behind and win 4-3. Um, he also sent off Burnley's Stephen Jordan late in the game in a 3-1 defeat at Reading in the 2008-9 promotion season. And he's uh, also brandished a red card in a previous game involving Crystal Palace and Burnley. Uh, that was shown to Clark Carlisle in the seventh minute of a match at Sellers Park in May 2008. Uh, that Well, we, it conceded a penalty as well, red, early red card and a penalty to Palace, and uh, they went on to win the match 5-0. Um, Anthony Taylor has been given the role of video assistant referee on this occasion. Excellent. Statman Dave's Stat of the Week. Now, I know you, Dave, and I know you're not going to leave that there because you like to treat our listeners. Um, so why don't you delve into that great big bank of Statman stats and give us your miscellaneous Stat of the Week. Uh, yeah, so despite receiving rather a lot of coverage in the media this week, Turf Moor has most definitely not been a happy place so far this season. Burnley have failed to score in each of the first three home league games of the season against Southampton, Spurs and Chelsea. This has only happened once before in our history, and that was in 1997-98 when Chris Waddle was manager, although in that season we did at least pick up some points as all three of those games were nil-nil draws. We've also lost all of our first three home league games of 2021. 2020-21, and 1970-71 was the only other time this has happened. In that season, the fourth home league game ended in a nil-nil draw against Chelsea. So combining these two stats together means that this season is the first time in the club's history we've lost the first three home league games without even scoring a goal. So bearing in mind our poor start to the season and the difficulties we've had at home and away, it really is high time we made Turf Moor a happy place once again, even if we can't be there to watch at the moment. Yeah, I should have done a poll before we... In fact, I might even do this before the, the preview show goes live. I should have tried to, to take a sweepstake of how many times you'd get happy place into our podcast this, this week. Are we up to four now or five? Uh, it's about 46, I think. No, <laughs> um, so despite all the stats, Dave, what's your view at the weekend? How are you feeling about um, the game? Do you think that this is the one where we're going to get the points? Uh, I think we're going to win, yeah. I'm going to predict a win this week. 
even Mark, you know, Mark Lawrence, who does the um, the predictions for BBC, even Mark Lawrence's gone for us to win. Mark Preston Northender, God Lawrence, yeah. yeah, yes, yeah, excellent, yeah. No, I I genuinely do as well. I think that I think that we've had a really good time to have a break now, and I think that the international break is going to be good. And I think that all of the noise about the, and the disappointment and the fighting about the transfer windows have gone, um, and all of the you know the well at the moment anyway. Certainly, the takeover talk has calmed down a little bit, and it does feel like. The club's gone quite quiet. We've got Ben Mee back, who's just such a massively common influence over the squad anyway. Um, I, I guess I did feel a little bit um, funny about Tarkovsky's article midweek about basically saying he wants to leave and, and how he's disappointed in Burnley. I, I think um, I can't really argue with anything he said. I think he's right what he said, but I think a lot of people are kind of saying that irrespective of you being right what you're saying, we wish you hadn't have said that in the media. So I think that's made me feel a little bit uncomfortable that maybe there is still some unrest. Um, but yeah, no, I, I, it feels like the start of the season. I've, I've kind of, I don't know if you're the same, Dave, but I've kind of got that pre-season excitement like it's the first game of the season again. It's like my brain's refusing to accept that we've actually done anything yet. Well, I think we should do that. Just start again from uh, from zero. <laughs> yeah, we did. Uh, why don't you give me a, um, a prediction then, Dave? What do you actually think the score will be? Uh, I'm going to go for two one. Ah, oh, you cheater bits. I was going to say exactly the same thing. <laughs> not cheater bits, copycat. I'm saying the wrong word. I don't know why you would cheat because that's not anything that's anything to cheat from. Copycat. Yeah, I'm the same. Um, I think Chris Wood and oh, I hope he starts with J. Chris Wood and J. I think are going to score. Um, yeah, that's going to be good. So, listeners, let us know what your score predictions are when you're, you're listening to this. We've got a whole weekend to catch up on the preview show before we um, play on Monday night. So, you know how to get in touch with us. Either tweet us at never or email us at podcast at net and let us know what you think your predictions are for the game on Monday. Opposition View. All right, Matt and company. Um, this is Mike here from the Back of the Nest Palace pod. Um, I know you reached out to us to just get a bit of information on Palace ahead of the game on Monday. So, um, start of the season from us so far, it's been it's been a weird one. Um, there's been points where people have been calling for Hodgson to go. Um, there was a couple of games where we managed one shot in in each game. Um, things were looking things were looking dubious, mainly because Hodgson's been really negative with his tactics um, and a lot of the fan base has been um, a bit down on it. There's been a sort of division between people that are happy that we're still getting the points. You know, we're eighth at the moment um, and there's others that are just getting a bit tired of the um, just the, the real defensive mentality two banks are for. Having said that, last game before the uh, international break, um, we beat Leeds 4-1 and it seemed like um, he'd gone for totally different tactics obviously Leeds like to go forward so we, we hit him on the counter and now I don't know how if it's I would imagine with Burnley we're probably going to go back to the uh, a fairly boring way of playing um, but with that game it did see our new signing that we got in the summer Eze um, he scored a worldie of a free kick um, and he, he's definitely looking like the real deal him and Zaha are um, working together really well Having said that, he, he did pull out of the England non-21s with um, a bit of a knock. So whether you'll see him or whether he'll be on the bench, um, it's hard to say. You might end up seeing Geoffrey Schlupp again in his place. Um, and when that's happened, I don't think we've been particularly proactive going forward. So um, I'm not sure you're going to see a classic from us. Um, I would imagine 
we'll, we'll probably start with um, a bit of a makeshift back four. Uh, we've got a lot of injuries. Um, we've had Cuarte that we got from West Ham a couple of years ago um, as a central defender. But um, whether he's fit um, is another matter. So we've had Scott Dan and, and various other people um, that maybe aren't our first choice defenders playing. Having said that, we have got Patrick Van Arnholt back on the left um, and he was a decent creative um, player against Leeds. So we'll probably see him. Midfield, we've played... We've, I think we've just about played every midfielder we've got in the, in, the, in our 25 this season. So I really couldn't guess, but... Um, we've generally been playing James MacArthur alongside one other. Um, maybe maybe Jairo Riedeveld, he's been playing really well for us. And then up front, he's sort of been going between Batshuayi, who we've got on loan, um, and Jordan Ayew. Both of them have been decent, um, although Batshuayi's scored about seven goals and they've been offside every time, so he's been a bit unlucky. Um, yeah, I, I, I think you probably know what you're going to get from us. Um, Burn, Burnley Palace... It's been up and down the last few seasons, haven't it? You've won a few, we've run a, won a few. Um, I wouldn't imagine it's going to be a classic, to be honest. Um, maybe nil nil, one nil, either way. Um, if especially if Eze's not playing. Um, <clears throat> and for, for you guys, obviously you've had a tough start, uh, but I hope you I hope you do well. Proper proper fans at Burnley, and I really would request that you guys finish above Brighton. Um, so yeah, that's that's probably it for me. Um, don't don't expect a classic. Don't expect us gun ho going forward, creating loads and loads of chances, but maybe looking to nick one from a set piece or a corner. Fantasy Premier League update. So, moving on to the second half of the show, Dave, and we, of course, have game week eight of the known and ever Fantasy Premier League. What has been going on since we last updated our players? Uh, well, yeah, we've got a, a break, obviously, with the internationals. But before that, uh, we'd completed game week eight. And there are several teams in the Nona and Ever League who've broken through the 500-point barrier. Um, the top scorer for game week eight was Charlie Bins with 87 points. And that's worthy of ninth place overall on 496. But here are the eight teams which have already racked up over 500 points. Um, we'll do it in reverse order. We've got uh, Chris Stamworth in eighth place on 502. Uh, Chris Yates in six, joint sixth place on 503. Uh, that's level with uh, Matthew Blackburn, also on 503. Uh, we've then got, well, we've got two Craig Smiths. I don't know if we've got two people called Craig Smith or someone's entered twice and is uh, is definitely cheating if they've entered twice. Um, we've got him on uh, in fifth place on 508. Um, and also third place on 516. And then there's Graham Jennings in fourth on 512. Um, in second place is uh, Joanne Butterworth, is also on 516 points. And then way out in the lead, more than 30 points ahead, he's been there a few weeks now, is uh, David Miller, 547 points, well ahead in the lead. Excellent. And it's nice to see Joanne's up there still as well. Um, I, I'm still rooting for her. I want her to win. I want to have our first known and ever female fantasy league. Of course, we've now got a female vice president of the United States, so we can definitely have a, a female winner of the known and ever fantasy Premier League. Um, what? Where, how are we doing, Dave, you and I? Do you really want to know? No, probably not. But go on. <laughs> uh, you're a non-mover. You're still in 238. Oh, man. You got 36 points the week, uh, 298 overall. Although you are beating James Bird. <gasps> Am I? Yes. Yes. I don't normally sh- I don't normally shame those uh, players who were uh, who were below you, but in this instance, <laughs> because it's a former 
uh, No Near Never podcast. I thought I would mention that you are beating James. Burke. Yeah, not just former, but one of the founding members of, of, of yes. No Near Never, one of the guys who launched it. Um, and listen, and James only left. In fact, James was my co-host for, gosh, two seasons um, before he finally left and made me do it by myself, which is just rude. Um, and listen, regularly listeners will remember the, the friendly, always friendly rivalry that me and James had. We used to, we used to bicker and we still do bicker like absolute children. Um, but I adore him so and I'm, I'm literally as soon as we finish recording this the first thing I'm going to do is text him and go ah, I'm beating you um what about the what about the rest of team non and ever Dave uh well my team I went up five places that's uh, up to 182nd place from 187th I got 56 points for the week and that's 389 overall and although he fell three places to 69th Richard Steele um, on 442 points is still the highest place manager among the No Near Never podcasters. Excellent. Uh, so why don't we move on to Team of the Week then, Dave, please? Uh, well, there are no Burnley players among the kings of Game Week 8. The highest-scoring sco- no. highest player overall for Game Week 8 was Manchester United's Bruno Fernandes with 17 points. Uh, and there were 129 points up for grabs if you had all of the 11 kings of Game Week 8. I'll go through those names. Um, they had uh, Fabianski in goal, uh, a back four of Doherty, Target, Veltman and Walker-Peters. A five-man midfield of Fernandez, Eze, who is our one to watch this week, um, Ziyech, uh, Armstrong and Suchek, and Ollie Watkins of Aston Villa as a lone striker. I'm going to check now, Natalie, because we did set you some homework in the last episode, see if you could check if it was possible to afford the team of the week. Um, you did I, I did do it. Um, I'm not going to tell our listeners at what stage in the proceedings I did actually do this homework that you sent me. Um, despite being reminded by Dave twice, I did forget. Um, so, yeah, if you remember, I, Dave very handily sort of tells us what the, the kings of game week, what their points would get you if you had them all in your team. And I was always a little bit dismissive and saying, I'm pretty sure you can't afford them all. I bet you can't get them all in one, one side. So Dave set me off on a challenge this week to just work out how much you would have to spend to get the Kings of Game Week 8 into your fantasy Premier League. And, of course, we do have to bear in mind that we've got um, four subs as well, so it's your squad that you've got to get in there. And I can confirm, Dave, drumroll, that if you picked all 11 players of the Kings of Game Week 8, you would have spent... 65.3 65.3 million and if you then allow let's say we said maybe 18 million if you just did a squad that had the four cheaper subs in there that are like four and a half million each and um, even that's still 83.3 million so you can indeed afford all of the kings of game week eight in one squad get a maximum of 129 points and have change to spare you're doing this every week by the way uh i, I might do it i might do it Next time, I'm going to do it until I get bored of it, which I suspect, knowing me as you know me, might be next week. <laughs> but yeah, no, I think I might not do it every week, but I think um, maybe because 129 points is, is quite good. Maybe if we have an exceptional week where it's really high scoring week, so all of the stars got the, the game weeks, then maybe we'll look at that and just see if it compares. I don't know. We'll see. Um, right, let's move on. Where are we? Oh, who's the highest? Sorry, before we move on, Dave, who's the highest scoring player of overall? Um, Harry Kane is still the highest scoring player overall. Right. He's got 80 points. And interestingly, he's now in 45% of all the teams in the entire FPL. 
Is that high? Is that average? I, I don't really I'm know. I'm not sure. I'm not. I'm not going to compare it with, but you'd, you'd think it might possibly have been higher. He has, you know, he's been on fire, scoring goals yeah. uh, nearly every week. So uh, that that may have gone up by the time we play this week. That might go up further and uh, above fifty percent. But can you do transfers though? Because if yeah. you know, if even if somebody's doing really well, if they didn't pick them at the beginning, they're not in their squad. Then well, you you, you get a number of transfers coming through. Plus, you can actually pay four points to get a transfer. I think the the issue may be in terms of funds. So, um, if you've obviously you've spent your money to to get your, your squad in, you would have to get a. a to afford him, you'd have to get other players out and 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 work that around. So it's not as easy as it sounds sometimes. Mm, okay, I didn't know you could do transfers. That might help me, but I'm not paying any points for them because, quite frankly, I can't afford the points. So we'll see. Um, well, that's a great summary. Thanks, Dave. Now, of course, we've not got any more international breaks for a while, so there's actually going to be um, some weekly, um, a good run of weekly uh, Premier League updates um, in the previous show. So we will keep an eye on how you're doing. We'll keep you going. Um, I think after this second international break, as we're doing the run up to the Christmas break, I think we promised we would get our reigning champion on, didn't we? And, and see if we could come back and um, so Bennett we're going to get in touch with you and see if we can book you in a slot to um, give us a bit of an update mid-season and maybe give our players a bit of advice in the run-up to the busy Christmas period so we will sort that out Um, but yeah keep going guys Um, Joanne keep getting up there I want you to win I'm rooting for you Statman Dave's quiz question and finally, Dave, we we end the previous show with the homework being set for our listeners. So why don't you tell them, please, what you have set for this week's quiz question? Uh, yeah, this week's quiz question is related to our uh, opponents and the matches they've played at Turf Moor. Uh, and it is, in the eight home games that have taken place between Burnley and Crystal Palace at Turf Moor since 2009-10, there's only been one red card. But can you tell us which player was sent off? Hmm... That is a good question. That's a tricky, trickier one, that, I think. Yeah, it is. Made even trickier by the fact that it's we're, it's the home fixture we're previewing. So it's one, we've, we've all been there. We've seen it. We were at the game. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I can't even... It, and do you know what? It does make it... I don't actually this makes it more difficult or maybe easier, but we have got a really good discipline in our squad. So we don't tend to get red cards in our side for a long time. So I'm going to say it's not a Burnley player. I think it's going to be a Crystal Palace player. Uh, that's the only clue I'm going to give our listeners. Um, I don't know the answer, by the way. I don't know what it is. Um, but yeah, I'm going to give some thought for that, see if I can come up with an answer. Um, why don't you tell our listeners how they get in touch with their answers, please? Uh, yes, they can tweet us or send us a direct message, preferably actually on Twitter. That's at no, nay, never. Um, if you send us a direct message, then if you get the right answer, then no one else sees it. Um, you can email us, podcast at net, and you can also reply to the post for this preview show, which will go up on the No Near Never Facebook page. Excellent. And, of course, we're going to reveal the correct answers at the start of the next preview show. Um, so before we leave the listeners, Dave, I think we, you had a, a couple of um, – any other business agenda items that you want to just to finish off the show with? So why don't you you launch into those? Yeah, just a couple of quick ones. Um, photographer Clive Lawrence has produced a limited edition vintage clarets calendar uh, that features photos he took of Burnley matches from 30 years ago. That was the 1990-91 season. Uh, there is only limited availability left if you want to order one, uh, which you can do by connecting with him on Twitter. That's at Clive Lawrence one 
or via email clivelawrence at me.com and proceeds from the sale of that calendar are for the Gary Parkinson Trust. Really good uh, good cause. Um, and also uh, a second point, uh, now that common sense has prevailed and pay-per-view matches have been stopped, at least for the time being, the Burnley FC and the Community Kitchen Food Bank are asking supporters to become food bank friends and make regular donations to help out with the vital work that they do in the town. Uh, Look out for their profiles on Twitter and Facebook or visit the Community Kitchen section on the Burnley FC in the Community website for more details. Excellent. Well, that's all we've got time for this week. Um, my thanks as ever go to producer Matt for um, editing all of this and getting out. Uh, Turf Moor Stadium announcer Dominic Walker for his specially recorded preview show announcements. We promised you that while we couldn't get to Turf Moor, we would bring Turf Moor to you. So thank you, Dominic. Um, Mainly, though, my thanks as ever go to, um, oh, actually, no, before I say it, before I give the mayor himself a thanks, um, for the second week running, we we don't know whether or not we've managed to secure um, a Palace fan to preview the show. It's gone a bit down to the to the wire in terms of, of fans getting back to us. So if there was, if, if Matt's edited in a preview in the middle of the show, great. Thank you to you. Um, if they didn't, then... Never mind. Um, but my thanks as ever go to Statman Dave, Dave Roberts, who just does a phenomenal job of putting this uh, show together and works incredibly hard. So, Dave, thank you very much. Um, final thanks reserved to you, the listeners, for downloading this podcast. Your support is very much appreciated and we would not be here without you. Um, the rest of the team will be back on Tuesday to unpick what happened on Monday night's game against Palace and hopefully um, discuss a win and three points in the bag for the Mighty Clarets. And Dave and I will be back next Friday with the next preview show which we'll be looking at Dave uh it's it's on the show notes uh, we're playing Manchester City aren't we on the uh, Saturday afternoon that's a, a three o'clock kickoff so uh, a tough game at Manchester City it is where the hell is it on the show notes oh on the right it's hand there side. yeah I've got it flipping excel spreadsheet listeners you know they're in the news all the time and it, it scuppered my script um so in the meantime listeners take care stay safe stay in lockdown wear a mask where you can and just please look after yourselves during lockdown it's a very difficult time particularly this time of year when it's dark and it's coming up to the seasonal period if anybody's feeling alone or feeling down or just feeling fed up with 2020 and just want to have a good natter um the known and ever lines are always open get in touch with us and you'll always get a friendly voice on the other end too um um, help get you through this period um, this has been the preview show brought to you by the None and Never podcast until next time away days are great but there's nothing quite like playing at home the same goes for McDonald's maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. 
Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.